Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks recap podcast out there. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Come on out and follow me on Twitter, at Clinton Bond. I ain't going anywhere, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter, at SeahawkersPod. All right. We're going to keep the energy levels high because somebody's got to. Yes, everybody's everybody's coming down hard on our, on our Seahawks. And hey, at three and eight, Brandon, deservingly so. But I, I want to set the table. In fact, I want you to set the table. I have a question for you, Brandon. Are you ready for a, a hard-hitting question out of the gate? Are you ready? Clinton isn't going anywhere. He's about to announce the new three in, three out is going to be a solo show. I'm out of here, everybody. <laughs> oh, don't, don't you dare. Don't you, I need somebody to talk to. I can't do this to a mirror all day. Trust me. I, I don't want to, but I know you're sticking around too. So Brandon, okay, my okay, question. Okay. You talked to me. Yes, into it. I'll thank stay. you. Thank you. I was, I wasn't going to take you, no I, you were answer. about to ask me a question and I, I threw yes, you I've off. Got a question. I've got a question for you, Brandon. So the question is, if you had to encapsulate the current state of our Seattle Seahawks in one song, one song, what song would you choose? Oh, a song. See, I was thinking if I could encapsulate it inside a poop emoji, then that would be, <laughs> that, be, would be that would be maybe where I'm at. No, uh, what's the Aerosmith song? The the train. Uh train keep a rolling. There we go. Train, train to Let, keep a rolling. Let's keep this train a rolling. Okay. Oh, okay, sure, sure. I right. for 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 me, Brandon, for me, I had a couple in mind, but the one that came to the mind to the to the to the forefront, the frontal lobes, was the uh the the slow and kind of subdued song by the doors this is the end oh no see i was thinking um of my fandom not really the team okay i'm with you now no no no, the the team Uh, my fandom goes nowhere i've been we've talked about the kelly stauffer era everybody out there flexing with the i'm not going i'm a seahawks fan ride or die dude we all get it you should be a fan all that long yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what? You doom, should cheer doom, for your doom, team doom, whether, doom, they're good, <laughs> whether they're good or not. So it's all. But yeah, but but for the but for the era for the era that is the the Wilson Carroll time, man. I think this is the end, Brandon. That that is what is coming to mind for me. And before we get into the ins and the outs, the nooks and the cranes, the whole thing already about this. It's easy this. to feel this way, Clinton. When every single podcast that I've seen, uh, everybody's trying to call it early. And so if, if you're calling this now, uh, you're about uh, three or four different podcasts that are ahead of us that are, have, have called this as the end. And that's what I want to, and I do want to talk about that a little bit to say like, hey, is it, is it, is it just like, well, you know, it's a bunch of lendings going off a cliff and calm down already? Or is it, hey, Coach Carroll is saying certain things at press conferences that that point the fingers back to Russ in many ways and others are pointing fingers saying, well, we haven't had blocking for years. And we get these reports of like a divided locker room, which, you know, it could take a decade to build something and a couple of weeks to tear it all down. So I wanted to see where, where you were at. Hence the question of, you know, what song and not just the poop emoji, but it's okay. You know? So, so what do you think? Are we, are we all lemmings for going off the cliff and thinking that this is it? Someone's got to go. Both have got to go. Where are you at? I don't have solid intel on the inside. So I'm going by what we've seen, though. I would say it does feel different. And but it feels different in the way that 
this team has never been in this position before. I, I think a lot of it is going to be up to our quarterback. And if Russell Wilson decides that it's time to go, then uh, then, yeah, I think everything could come crumbling down. Well, the, certainly, certainly uh, like last year, the whole offseason last year, I was like, this is all smoke. Like even even if it maybe wasn't right, I was like, ah, I could just tell myself it will all resolve. It will all come out in the wash. It's OK. I don't get that feeling anymore. I, I that that's just that ain't that ain't the way I feel about this. And there is a growing piece of me that's like, should we get everything we possibly can for the chip we do have? You know, sh- should we proactively at the end of the season go make the trade and be like, all right, he's going to leave anyway, or he's not, you know, he's going to demand a trade. And but we're talking about go- DK Metcalf, right? <laughs> no, no, oh. that dude, that dude's under contract. No, I am not talking about DK. We're talking about Russ, but you know, just wanted I think to you could get a couple first round picks for DK. You probably, Hey, listen, uh, you, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree that you probably could. Why, yeah. why wouldn't a team, give up, let's say, a first and a second or, or a two-year first back-to-back to get a guaranteed blue-chip player who's you know still in his, still in his early 20s, mid-20s of, of his ilk. I think basically any team would make that trade. But no, I'm not. I'm definitely less interested in, in potentially trading DK oh, Metcalf. Oh, quarterback. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd per- listen, if I had my druthers, I'd prefer to keep Russell. But for the first time ever, I'm sitting there going, I don't know, maybe getting a couple of firsts and a couple of years in a row. It wouldn't be the, it's been now a, a year. It all of last of half, last of had the back end of last year. And now this year, for the most part, before the finger, it wasn't great. We weren't humming. He hasn't been a good quarterback now for, you know, going on almost a year. Sure. He hasn't been that good. Now, is it the finger? Is it just, is it, is that he's not able to make change and just hit dudes over the middle who are open? I am head scratching here, Brandon. I'm 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 asking for some help. Hmm. If we're just talking about this last game in particular, well, and even to this season, the offensive line has not been spectacular. Uh, the, they, which was something he had talked about in the off season as being a problem, uh, at least hinting at it, right? And uh, they got Gabe Jackson, and he's been okay, but. I, I think Russell Wilson with an offensive line, you could put the pieces around Russ to make it work. And I don't think that uh, any picks that you get bringing in whatever scrap heap quarterback is out there in the open market, bringing on to this team as, as it is currently fixes anything else around the organization. Because f- philosophically, I I do think that Pete Carroll, you know, the, with the run game and um, and just just his philosophy. I think it can work with Russ. I, I think it's a personnel issue for the most part. You had mentioned in the Discord, which I don't have on the ins and outs of the ledger, the offensive line. So might as well you know talk about it a bit now before we before we do get into the ins and outs. But you had put a little clip from the PFF grades, being like Dwayne Brown, pretty good game, and then disasters. And you were like, Hey, there's four other problems that are not named Russell Carrington Wilson. Um, Kyle Phil Fuller got a 0.0, which from what I understand, it's pretty hard to achieve. So it's, and, and Posick was not good either. Um, they, they, so gave, they gave Fuller a point for every 
stunt he picked up in this game. Right. That that's you know, I hope you know that, you know, half of nothing, still nothing, right? So he 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 walked away with a big zero. And for me, it was disappointing too. Did beefy boy Haynes sniff the field? Did Phil Haynes get in the game at I'm all? I'm not even I, I sure if Phil Haynes is still on this team, Clinton. No, he he is on the team. <laughs> he was like activated and stuff. We tell you know. They I, cut, I, they I cut Philip Dorsett this week, and I I didn't realize he was still on the team. Yeah, now we got so Adrian this, Peterson on this team. Do do I even know the Seahawks team? A little breaking news: AP is now is now on the team. We're actually going to get to that a little bit later in the from the flock section because Flocktimus Keith Ketover had a bit of a bit of a rant in the, in the Discord about mismanagement about not going after somebody younger like a Philip Lindsay when it was very evident that Collins is, you know, I think Collins got pretty dinged and has not been the same dude since he got dinged. And the rest of our running backs are just, they're a bunch of jags. They're not, they're not, they're not that good. They're not that good. So anyway, we, we said it earlier before we started this uh, preamble, we're not a very good football team. And when you're three and eight, there's no other ways to get it to it. But we do have a job to do. We're going to go through the ins. We're going to go through the outs. We're going to do it with style and with passion and energy. And because we lost again, Brandon, we got to start on the terrible side of the ledger, the no good side of the ledger, the outside of the ledger. Hit the whammy button. We'll get going. I guess we're doing that this week. I, I thought maybe we were blowing it off this week, too. No more audibles. Yes, last week we audible because I was like, we got to maybe just change this thing up. Let's see what the luck is like. I even went out to a bar. I never go out for a Seahawks game. I went out with a buddy, uh, you know, who's non-Seahawks fan, football fan. We had a good time. Had a couple of brown liqueurs. It was great. It was, it was a beautiful time. First half was real fun. Pretty fun, at least. Second half was, was less than fun. Uh, that didn't even work. Was really trying to change, change the juju, but that didn't go. So we got to get to this first out, Brandon. Well, we don't have to, but we're going to get to this first out. It is Q100. About 9.40 to go in the game. Ball's around midfield, and it's a and it's, uh, Washington possession, second and seven. So on this particular play, I like to focus on things that are like emblematic of other things we saw all friggin' game and now all friggin' season. This is a rush four where, where Mayoa kind of drops back into, into coverage, and Heineke, it, it's a pretty quick drop. He hits his back foot. He looks over the middle. He's got McKissick wide open about four yards downfield, a little bit to the left, and then a rookie tight end, this guy Bates, I think he's a rookie, number 87, more open, just a few feet away from McKissick. So two dudes wide, wide open. He decides to go to Bates, who's just a few more, you know, a few more yards downfield. Bates catches the ball at the 50 on the nose. He's not touched by a Seahawk until the 40. And this dude is not fleet of foot. This is like, you know, Uncle Will catching it, having to get going from zero and get upfield. Right. He's so we're talking about 15 yards of cushion before he's hit, and he's finally down to the 39. Um, it's a good, good little lick that, that they lay on him, but to take a snapshot of a play and be like, this is what's been wrong all freaking season, Brandon. That has what from a defensive structure, that has what's been wrong all freaking season. In between the hashes, short to intermediate, wide open again. What do you got, man? I almost feel like Pete is proud of the way that the Seahawks are playing defense in this way because they're not giving up the explosive plays. How about that? They, they held Washington to three explosive plays in this game, Clinton, and, and the Seahawks had four. So uh, congratulations. We won the explosive play battle. 
<laughs> I love that. And you know, there was a good debate with the some of the the the, the uh, real Hawk Talk guys. You know, I saw like Brian Nemhauser and Evan Hill, like kind of going back and forth with like, well, you know, Nemhauser's like, yeah, no, uh, you know, the the stats are what they are. Like, you know, we caused this many punts, and, and we were, you know, whatever is like sixth in the league and giving up points. All all true facts. Like, I can't argue with the with the core core facts of giving up points at the end of the day is what matters. However, this is another game where they don't have a kicker, right? They would have they would have they would have kicked field goals to put the game away. They get that late touchdown which I think is the right call to Logan Thomas is called back, but the game is put away right then and there. We're not 8 points out, we're at at the very least 11 points out and it's a blowout. We don't even have a path to victory because they don't have a freaking kicker. So it's it's one of those things where the defense was okay and not to blame. Second half actually played pretty darn well uh, when we were just three and out the whole time. But but holy smokes, Brandon, it wasn't a great defensive defensive performance. I think people are getting you know a little confused that this was like an epic defensive uh, battle. I didn't see it that way. No, I I didn't see it that way either. I I saw a defense that was again giving up everything like the play you mentioned, everything short. They were okay in the run game, but it wasn't they didn't get off the field when they needed to, when it was third and short, and even when it was did they have any fourth downs that they gave up? I know that they they gave up the one that got called back uh right. because of the holding penalty, but yeah, I I can't say I was super impressed by the defense and that uh, I, I felt that they got smothered by the offense, just these long drives again. And maybe I'm thinking back to the week before to where you know, it was just long drive after long drive with the, the Cardinals. And it, it felt the same way in this game against Washington. I mean, there was a couple. I mean, certainly it's like who was better, offense or defense. The defense was markedly better, which is not saying that much, but they were they were better. The the refs that that last that touchdown drive before the half that that was completely gifted. They should be again thirty nine phantom hold call. They should be off the field, and they get to they get to continue marching down the field. So that doesn't help a defense, of course. And then in the second half, that was a wild the, stretch of penalties. I, it was. It, wild stretch i'm sitting there like i uh, sipping my brown liqueur screaming at a random television in the middle of my town it was just it was insane that that those calls like in a row were made they just didn't they they were not none of them not one of them was a penalty none of them were penalties well and they were all called but this is insane i don't think that was the same drive though that because it it came before this the the penalty that was on oh gosh he Sidney didn't even Jones no 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 this was on the on the defense Dunlap Dunlap uh, jumped he jumped offside got but back. nobody moved nobody yes. moved and they called they called it a neutral zone infraction or whatever it was in what world is that like okay you jump you get back and the offensive line points at you like oh you did something bad and they flag it. Like, dude, he's already back. Like, are like, are, what is there a civilization anymore? Like, the the the. It's a very clear rule. He does jump. He gets back. He's in position, and then the Washington guy's like, <laughs> you know, like he points at him like sloth. He's like, Mama, you've been bad. And like, maybe that was it. Maybe the the, the ref 
just likes Goonies, likes Sloth. The whole baby Ruth throws the flag. I'm like, it just, how is that a penalty on us? It just, it just didn't seem to be in our favor. The odds were not in our favor. No, no, no. So I can give the defense a little bit of a break there. And then in the second half, when we were like three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, the defense did give us chances to get the ball back. You know, we, that was like three in a row where they stopped him on third and one or two in a row. So, oh, that again. was the other one, the penalty on Rasheem Green, where he puts his arms down oh my to gosh. brace himself over the quarterback so as oh to not gosh. put pressure on him. And he was flagged for roughing the passer. What is a dude supposed <laughs> to do? You have momentum. You're a big, big gentleman. You're trying to tackle another large, larger than life gentleman, right? You know, if I'm standing next to an NFL quarterback, he's going to look pretty freaking big or Rasheem Green's going to tower over me. And he doesn't do anything wrong. Nothing. Like No, in fact, by I the think book. he did more to show that he was trying to not hurt the quarterback. And still got flagged for it. It was bonkers. If you remember, Frank Clark used to do the thing where he'd, he'd almost at the very end of a sack, he would kind of like wing his arms out there to be like, look, 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 it ain't me. And Green, uh, Green started to do a little bit of that. He was like, all right, this guy's going down and I'm going to just literally lighten up the body on him. And they, they, and it's just, it was just so bizarre that, they, that, that, that <laughs> back to back, just, you know, back hits yeah. a, a penalty. So, so I do want to give a little, you know, caveat to the defense being like, yeah, they were out there for all that time possession, but there were these things that, that, that's, that's not on them. That's just terrible, terrible refs. Yeah. That was a like terrible got, stretch, but inject. let's be clear. The refs did not cost the Seahawks this game. Yeah, but they didn't help. That's what I'm sure. All right. Well, that's by, by the way, that's the first out. There was some cool stuff. Let's get to some of that cool stuff. Let's do it. This one to me is the first half felt a lot different in a lot of ways. You know, like Russ had a couple of deep shots, you know, the the dime to Everett for, for the touchdown, the, the lofter to lock it down the sideline. It was like, you know, it seems like good times. You know, it seems like old times. One of the things that I liked on defense for the first in was, and I would carry this forward, right? We talked about on what if, what are some things that we want to look for that might be fun to observe? That even if we have a losing season, which is nearly guaranteed now, what are some of the things we could look forward to and like just experience and watch? I really liked what I saw in the especially first half when uh, Alton Robinson and Taylor were the two edges and they were just all, all go. Just go try to go get Heineke. There were a couple times where you could see both dudes like bending around the edges, like like X-wing fighter style, like diving down, or the Millennium Falcon tipping into to get into a crevice, and they were kind of like with like a beautiful symmetry, getting around the quarter you know, to the quarterback nearly the same time. They had the one sack. Taylor got the sack, and then they had that ridiculous play where I think it's Robinson who gets there and he hits Heineke's arm, and it does like a, a warble, <laughs> and it goes right into either was Gibson or McKissick's yeah. hands somehow, some way. But I really liked what I saw from the youth defensive edge together. And then I was like, why the heck are they limited in their snaps? Yeah, that uh, that pass, man, uh, that's, <laughs> that's another another way, you know, that it's not your day when the ball literally spins like a top uh, <laughs> to, to a guy just and he's able to catch it when it's spinning. Like, how how do you catch a football that's spinning in that way? Well, I'll tell you why. And here, here's why. Not only 
was it like spinning and almost had like a, like the curvature of the earth with it. Like it had, it was like, you know, it spun, but then it didn't even, when it got into his hands when it was time to caress the ball, it landed in the perfect spot to have it in stride. It was like, you, you couldn't do that again. If you tried, you couldn't no. throw a better pass, a more catchable pass. So it was infuriating, but I do want to get your take on what you saw from, you know, were, were you enthused to see Robinson and Taylor getting after it when they were allowed to go do their job. Yeah. When you were pointing at a, a, at a positive in the first half and I, for whatever reason, I thought you were going to go with the offense and there was, I, I was really curious of where you were going to go offensively in the first half. But yeah, this one, this makes sense. Uh, the pass rush at the first half, especially with these two guys, it was good. I, I thought that they got decent pressure on Heineke. They were getting him to move outside the pocket uh, you know, you, you had the the quarterback hit that we just talked about that shouldn't have been flagged. But yeah, they were yeah, they were yeah. getting after him in the first half. Yeah, it was it gave hope for like, all right, we have some young dudes there that have, you know, r- really small contracts. And there are things to build around in in the in the midst of complete disappointment. What it would have done lap have four four snaps or something like that. Yeah, it was like something he, ridiculously small. Yeah. And maybe, you know, Mayo, you know, Mayo didn't hit whatever 50, 50% of the time, like he didn't do much, but the younger dudes, Green, Taylor, Robinson were the best guys. So if anything, it's something to build from something to watch, but gosh, dang it. Can we give Robinson more snaps? Can we just get more time? Has he not shown that when he's just told to go do the thing he's really, really good at, he's really, really good at his pre- his pressure rate is pretty darn outstanding. Do more of that. What do we have to lose by by not playing Robinson at this point? So that's a big thing I'd like to see going forward too, man. All right, so I got it. We're back on the outside here. We got, we got, we got a lot more to talk about. All right, let's see. I'm going to go here. So it's Q2, about 12 minutes to go. Uh, I think it's 7-3 at this point. Seahawks, it must be. Um, it's, it's the third and one play. We're at the we're at our own 36 yard line. If you recall, this is just after D. Eskridge catches it out, where he just doesn't quite turn up field the right way, and he steps out of bounds. Right, and it's just like it's like, dude, you know, rookie mistake, and just knowing where you where you are on the field, and it's now it's third and one. But I'm like, all right, we're kind of humming. We look. This is again early second quarter. I'm like, we look like we're back a little bit. The very next play is. It's it's a mixture of I don't get pitching a ball, pitching a ball, okay, to the right hand side with not our swiftest back to DJ Dallas. So that combination of it's third and one, you're running a you're running some a stretch play pitch to the your weaker side with your, you know, your your running back who is just not, he's not the quickest dude. He's not the dude to go from like zero to the fastest you can just to go get that smash mouth one yard, you know, and, and he just gets destroyed. Number 55, the linebacker, Gabe Jackson does not get far enough out and the, and 55 beats uh, Gabe to the hole. Uh, that's cause like shell does kick out. He gets a nice block. D actually has a nice cut, uh, you know, inside block on his guy seals it off pretty well. And Jackson and Postick end up like falling over each other as number 55 for WFT just makes basically makes the play and stops him, stops him short. And we got a punt. It was just, it's, it's, 
the combination, the, the play call to that side of the field with the lack of skill position made no sense to me. And I was, I was really, really just infuriated at that moment because we were starting to simmer. We were starting to move. And then again, we got a punt at the middle of the fields where it's been, it's been the doldrums all year long. So that one stood out to me. It's a big, big out. Gabe Jackson's got to wear it a little bit, but I hate the play call in general. Hate it. Yeah. I, I was not a big fan of that play call either. It uh, with Dallas, He's really good at running in straight lines, so maybe that was the thinking about uh, behind it. But I would have liked to see. I I don't know why you would activate Josh Johnson and not even try and get him one play, one snap uh, at all with the offense. He was only on the field for special teams. Uh, I'd like to see what the practice squad guy can do because I've I've seen enough of Dallas. I know Alex Collins isn't doing all that well either, so. Um, I, I would have liked to see the, the younger guy get the ball at some point. The, the other problem that I have that reminds me uh, that this reminds me of in terms of the play calling, how many times did they run the jet sweep action and not actually hand the ball off? Right. Did they ever? Yeah. Well, I saw Lockett come in motion a bunch, a, a couple, a bunch I of times. I saw Lockett never, come they, in motion. I saw yeah, DK they, come no. in motion. I, I think. No, I saw, they did not. They did not try it one time the entire game. Not, no. There was, there was no actual handoff no, or pop pass. Yes, okay. Yeah, the only guys to get rushing yards, Russell Wilson, Alex Collins, DJ Dallas, and Russell led them with 16 yards. Woof. Wowzers. Um, but to, but I want to, you know, say kudos to you on the on the Josh Johnson part. You know, it was, it was kind of like a little bit of news, like, hey, you know, we know Travis Homer's out, Penny's probably going back to IR, whatever, um, and we're going to elevate this guy. But that's... That's your, that's like the, the, the mini Chris Carson guy. That's the smash mouth guy. That's the guy that, that can maybe go do those, those tough yard things. So I'm with you a hundred percent. And then it's like, then today we go sign AP. It's like, do we need to watch AP go slog this thing with a three and eight football team? Can we just let back to your point? Let's see what we got with Josh Johnson. We're three and freaking eight. Let Robinson rush more off the edge and hand the rock to Johnson and see if we have something there. But but no, we're going with AP. So it's just, it seems philosophically that we, we are misaligned. Not you and I, but 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 we, the, the, the royal we there. So. You got, you got to Man. add him to the club with T.O., with Jerry Rice, with Franco Harris. <laughs> we, we've, we've added another member of the club, Devin That's Hester it. in the future once he gets elected. There we go. All those Hall of Famers. John Randall, right? All those big time Hall of Famers, baby. John awesome. ha- John Randall is a real Seahawk, Clinton. We, that's true. He, he was here for <laughs> he was quite a bit longer, but all Seahawks legends for sure. So AP, welcome to the Hall of Fame. Going in as a Seahawk. All right. Hit the webby. Okay, we're back on the inside. There's more to talk about here. All right. We've been talking about a player all year that we want to give more flowers and we don't mean, we don't mean Trey flowers. We want be, we're saying we want to give the man his flowers. And for me, quarter two, seven, seven to three ball game, four fifty-five to go. Washington's got the ball again, about the 41 yard line. I think it's a little play action fake Heineke, you know, hits the back foot, fires it down the middle, goes to Logan Thomas, just over the outreach of Bobby Wagner. That was actually a play where Bobby was, was in it. There was, I've got some concerns about Bobby and actually got a story to tell you about my buddy when I was at the bar that relates back to Bobby, but Bobby's in pretty good position. It's a actually a really good pass by Heineke just over his hands. It touches Logan Thomas and then Quandre Diggs wallops him, wallops him back an entire week 
ball goes in the air. Jamal Adams does his best to drop it, but doesn't. He almost, <laughs> he almost dropped that. He comes down with it. It's an INT. But I want to give the flowers to Quandre Diggs, not only for taking souls, but being so dang consistent back there. Probably if, like if you look at the whole game defensively, probably the play of the game. And he's been doing that all year. It's a three and eight season. None of that's on Quandre Diggs. He has, and I I wish him the best when he gets paid by another team in the offseason because uh, we're talking about this. blowing it up. I, I I think that that's probably at a place where uh, you're going to allow the veteran to pass along. But yeah, I, I do think that on his way out, he should get it in, uh, especially for that hit. Okay, let's 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 dig a little bit deeper there, because if we're blowing, if we are, you know, quote unquote, blowing things up. Well, Jamal's not going anywhere, right? We have what looks to be some some pretty, it's an okay cornerback room, especially when Trey gets back. Corner has been good. You know, like it's been fine. So what if, what if by blowing it up, we're actually talking about, you know, a a linebacker shakeup. The middle of the field is a disaster. It's not the safeties. It's not the corners. The DBs have been good. Can we blow things up by jettisoning, you know, veterans that didn't pan out on the defensive line and build around the, the dudes who'll be here for a little longer and keep Quandre Diggs, pay the man. I, I'm in the pay the man is Biani, keep Quandre Diggs and build around a great DB core because that would be something to look forward to, man. But if you think he's walking and would and no shot, that, that makes me a little sad, Brandon. Well, I just think of, you know, guys that can play center and guard and Quandre Diggs, I think, would be undersized for that spot. <laughs> but he wouldn't I bet be a he zero point. He'd be better, better than, than Fuller. Kyle Fuller. <laughs> he'd be better than he'd pick up a stunt. You know that that's for darn sure. Oh dear, I hear you. I live in this magical, you know, mystical world where I think you could keep those DBs and you know go sign some. We talked about this in the off season, right? Would you rather draft offensive linemen with the lottery tickets? And I, I know the Creed Humphrey, you know, feeling uh, feeling of yours. I always forget if it's Humphrey or Humphreys. It's, you know, either way. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you're, sure, you can go draft him. And, and in retrospect, maybe we should have. But I, li- I like signing old linemen, the, the Gabe Jackson types. Like, yeah, let's go go get those dudes do become available. So, uh, you know, the the unfortunate part is, we're going to have a long off season to talk about all that. So let's hit the button. We got one more out, one more in. Let's do the, let's do the duo. All right. Last out, last out Q4, 17 to nine. So we're in this darn game. It's we're at the 40 yard line and we got the ball. Now this drive ends in, well, it ends with a failed two point conversion, but the drive ends with a Freddie Swain touchdown. And frankly, a lovely, magical step up in the pocket, Russ dime, right? I mean, that was that was vintage Russ. That was Russ. That was tight spiral, Warren Moon style spiral, hitting Freddie Sway in the gut. And for I talked about it last week. I was like, I want to, I want to be teased one more time this season. I want to be teased one more time. Little did I know, Brandon, that I would be teased multiple times in this particular game. And with, with the, the onside kicking the whole thing already. But the play that I'm going to call out is the nine-yard sack that Russ takes at about the minute, you know, minute 40 marker or something like that. You know, Russ kind of rolls out right. There's, there's got checkdowns. He's got, I think, Collins wide open. He's got DK open, not deep, but open. And he just kind of just keeps on bleeding out to the right, bleeding out to the right. 
holds on to it for whatever reason and takes a nine-yard sack with no timeouts. So he's inbounds, clock is going. He literally just could just throw it about seven yards to his right at, at the ground and not get called for grounding at that point. He chooses not to. I can't get what's going through his brain as an NFL quarterback at that moment. And I want to get your take on that. Well, it was there. There were multiple times in this game where he was slow to do the thing that he he should have done. And, you know, whether it was hitting Tyler on that deep shot to where, you know, if Tyler gets that ball when he's supposed to, he Mm. doesn't have to worry about getting smushed by the safety. And it was almost intercepted at, at the point that Russ released it. So, and there were, gosh, there were other times too that I, I think back to where if, if Russ just gets the ball there a little bit quicker, but then there were times like you, you mentioned with the Swain touchdown or the first touchdown pass to You're beautiful. Uh, yeah. And, and in a really tight window. And so, yeah, I'm having a hard time now. There were cl- clearly throws that he missed too, where you wonder yep. if the finger was impacting him. But then there's other throws where you go, well, yeah, that looks like all the Russell Wilson throws that we've seen in the past. And, you know, how can it look so good and yet so bad in other spots? So the decision making aspect to it, yeah, it's just a little bit slow. And if if that's the finger part of it or coming back from injury, I don't know. But yeah, for for sure, it was something that I picked up on in that play right there where he was sacked when all he had to do was throw the ball out of bounds and then, yeah, or or take a check down. And, and here he is taking check downs a couple plays later to guys in the middle of the field with zero timeouts. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it uh, yeah, I, you picked a good play that's kind of encapsulated all of the decision making. It was, it's rough. And like, so um, I'm a Mets fan. I talk about, I bring up the Mets a decent amount and I'm excited for Max. I'm I'm excited for Scherzer. Like it it ain't my money. So let's go, let's go win the whole thing. But the Mets just lost a player in Baez. So he came over late in the year. They made a trade when they thought they had a chance. He was actually quite good. So Baez played well as a Met in the time that he was here. And some of the, some of the things that were like negatives against him were like, Hey, that dude is such an instinctual athlete like he's such a great athlete but like uh, Baez is like also known for like wild swings like strikes out a ton doesn't have like good plate discipline things like that so the argument against was like if you're going to give a dude like that a five or six year contract in baseball of guaranteed money and as his bat slows down a little bit as is as is just pure amazing raw athleticism gives way a little bit the detriment, the things that he's not great at are going to really, really spike in the near future. And you're going to be left with a, a shell of a player because that, 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 that little dip in, in sheer athleticism, that Delta between what they used to be able to do versus what they can do now packaged with not being a very good disciplined baseball player to begin with at the plate. And this argument was, you don't want this guy long-term. He's not going to be a great long-term dude. It got me thinking a little bit just a little bit like, is is it is it simply Russ was such an outstanding, incredible athlete, pull rabbits out of the hat all times, escapability, just get out of the pocket, the broken plays, the touchdown field on the run. 
that if he loses just a little bit of that athleticism, that that was the thing that made him elite. And it wasn't kind of the, the Tom Brady, I could methodically pick you apart stuff, you know? Um, and I just wonder what you think about that. It's like, is, is that degradation happening? Is that what we're seeing? You know, I don't know if I necessarily compare him uh, to, you know, to, to that style of player. Uh, one of the guys that I was talking with, gosh, it was, uh, oh, it was when I did the, the wisdom app with Adam after the game and was talking about John Elway. It, to me, right. he seems so much more of that type of, of guy who, like Elway, it was, you know, it was the big plays. It was uh, you know, boomer bust in a lot of scenarios. And maybe that's going way too far back for, for most of the listeners. But, you know, it was later in this career to where they had the run game. And it really complemented that Elway game to the point to where they went to back-to-back Super Bowls and won them. So I... I think of Russ more in that style of of kind of the boomer bust and and still a, a a great athlete. I mean, even even at the end of his career, you saw Elway running around and making plays with his feet athletically. Um, and I think Russ can be that guy. You can coach a guy into being able to check the football down. I, I would hope. And I got to tell you that I remember I did remember you guys talking about that. You bringing that back up now, it sways me so more fully back into the, the pendulum for me being like, wait a second, what am I thinking? Like, yeah, let's go, let's go take the draft picks and maybe it is time to, to blow that up. Like that Elway late career, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls is like, you got Terrell Davis, you have an incredible run blocking scheme and they figured out, you know, they were doing, they were, Shanahan was doing things that just the NFL was, they were just a step ahead or two with that, with that, the way that they were run blocking. And Terrell Davis was all world for that short burst of time. So much so that, it, you know, he, he made the hall of fame as a short burst dude who had like what, four, four amazing yeah, four, years, right? three four amazing good years. years. Yeah. And so I think that's a really just excellent for the folks who are, who are at the edge, or if you're the next lemming about to go over the edge with the Let's trade him to the New York football giants, get their top two picks and maybe a first next year and just rebuild. Uh, you know, that John Elway scenario is so, so possible, so, so possible with staying on Seattle. And it just boils down to what you said, <laughs> run the darn ball, fix the offensive line and then see what, see what a quarterback like Russ can do behind that. And the thing is, is if you go that route, is not Pete Carroll the kind of coach that you that fits with that mindset to to be that compliment? And are you going to be able to get a guy like that? But then you're talking about running it back with these two guys, and can they coexist? I, that's that's the big question to me. Ooh, now I'm feeling I'm feeling saucy. I, I like I like how this conversation has turned. It is three and three out. It is the sober yin and raging yang, and we have come full circle on on the the rust part of that conversation with a little little sprinkle of potentially Pete too somewhere Dave Bloomquist is like his his ears are bleeding he's like why are you talking about retaining Pete Carroll we get it Bloomy we get it all right we got one more in hit the button we got one more thing to celebrate I mentioned the dude earlier and I want to give some love to Sidney Jones you know not not only that that phantom play they call down the sidelines where they call PI on him it, again I am so sick of the the dude's got to get his head around like now, now first of all he's he's trying to 
Second of all, I'd like to call out that rule in general. Can, can we back that rule up? Why in the world does a defender have to get his head around? Just I, I know that's the rule. I'm not saying it's not the rule. I'm just saying it's a dumb rule. Oh, you know, if you, you don't make contact, you don't have to get your head around. Right, but they call it what face guarding or something like that. You got you got to swing your head around. Oh, like they allow fa- face guarding. There's allowed now. They changed the rule to allow for face guarding. Then why are color commentators saying that? Oh, like, well, he's got to try to get his head around. He didn't try to get that. If the rule has been changed, then then well, a uh, I'm a big dumb dumb. But also the color commentators don't don't know what's up because they keep saying it week after week. He's got to get his head around. It does There's help no the co- officials. It, it helps the officials to get your head around because then they know. But it's, well, they know it's what not, you're trying. Re- to, it's not you, a requirement is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what should should uh, give the, the officials a hint that you're trying to to defend the uh, the route? The fact that you're a, cor- a corner. <laughs> That's your job. Your job is you don't need to turn your head around and say, oh, yeah, I'm here to defend the ball. That's your job. Like you're not touching the dude. You're not impeding his progress. It was a poorly thrown ball, and a flag comes out. But that's that's the part of it. the The thing that bothers me about some of these officiating calls the most, Clinton, is that when you reward a quarterback for a bad throw, an underthrown pass, and a receiver then trying to go through the guy who's going step for step with him, if it's an underthrown ball, that that should not be a penalty. No. What you can't, I mean, momentum is momentum. You cannot stop your body and then like on a dime and, and go back the other way to, to allow a receiver to come back to it when you've got good position on a poorly thrown ball. So with the hundred percent, the thing, but I did, but Sidney Jones in general, there was other plays too. Oh He's, yeah. No, he, the, calling out Sidney Jones for this game. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. I, I thought I just that- want to give the guy some love because it's, it's been like, you know, Coming out out of the Trey Flowers era, then we get Sidney Jones. He's okay at first, and then Trey Brown plays, and Trey Brown was really good. And Reed comes back, and it's like, all right, we look solidified. And unfortunately, Brown gets hurt. But to his credit, Jones has been pretty good, you know. And I just, I just, and we, and we're talking about Curtis Samuel and you know McLovin, McLaren out there. Like those are some, those are some dogs out there. So you know, Reed, Reed was you didn't really hear a lot about Reed this game. That's and again, if you don't hear a lot about a corner. You're probably doing a pretty darn good job. You're taking care, taking care of your your side of the street. But they I just didn't wanted need to, to take Sidney shots at the corners line. because the why the middle of the field is wide open. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, you know, rotating back to like for blowing things up. I, oh, let me let me get to the Bobby Wagner story, right? So I'm at I'm at the I'm at the and, bar. And with my to buddy. Sidney Jones, though, I I should point yeah, out oh yeah. that zero yeah. receptions thrown his way, and uh, he was thrown out three times. He also made a stop in in the uh, in the run game too, I believe. So yeah, and into Sidney Jones. So now a bonus yeah, out gotta, from Clinton. We got to give you no. It's not, not so much a bonus out. I do I do have an honorable mention I want to get to. However, my buddy Vinny. So we're sitting there watching the game, and again, he's an he's he's big NFL fan, and and he's got he's got his teams and all that jazz. Um, you know, knowledgeable guy, and he's he's watching the game, and he's like he's like, is that Bobby Wagner? He hadn't like watched the Seahawks game in a bit. I'm like, yeah, dude, that, that's Bobby. He's like, whoa, like he got thick. So, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, he looks like Barry Bonds, like end of career Barry Bonds thick. So, you know, like, you know, like you, if you put on weight yourself and you put on weight, like over like a three year span yeah. and you don't really notice it, you know what I mean? You're like, ah, maybe it's a little tighter in the pants. You know, the 30, 34s used to fit a little bit better and maybe you're creeping up to a 36, whatever it might be. I'm not talking about anything personal, not at all. But <laughs> you're not giving us your measurements here, right? <laughs> yeah, just, just, you know, 36, 24, 36, only if he's 5'9". But 
So it'd be like, yeah, dude, like he looks really thick and kind of swole. And we all know Bobby's jacked. Yeah. But but I think it's also like Bobby's just hitting that that stage of his career where you just get you just get thicker and swole. I think Ray Lewis looks, hit that kind of, that same kind of look toward the end of his career too. Oh, I, I agree. And I, I think he did as well. And I think, you know, Bobby has lost with that, Bobby's lost some speed. Oh, sure. It's just yeah. It just is what it is. But it was just kind of funny that he hadn't focused on Bobby in a while. Oh. He's like, whoa, dude, he looks he looks real, real <laughs> thick. So I think we're, we're watching them every single week. We wouldn't notice the, the change, but the outsider came in and was pointing that out. He actually said he kind of looked like a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but like from the movies like yeah. when they're all just <laughs> all big and bulky and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I thought, thought that was a fun little anecdote. I did want to quickly give an honorable mention two ways. Number one, kickoffs to D. Eskridge. They gave us horrible angles. They put like the the drone camera, we're not even seeing the field, but like just directly above him. So you couldn't even see if he had any holes to get through. But the dude was back at the 30 yard line in like a blink of an eye. So I, I can't wait to see more D. Eskridge returning some kicks. The other side of the coin, D. Eskridge whiffs so badly on one of his block assignments. Um, and I, I, I couldn't pull what timestamp it was. But boy, oh boy, I was like, D, like if you don't get a hand on your cornerback, like you're going to ride more pine. So it's like little mistakes from D, but like he's, he's got, he's got to get out there and play more. But, uh, but I, I liked, I love the idea that I also saw something I love from D Eskridge. And then I saw a reason I'm like, Ooh, maybe that's a reason mm. he's not getting all the snaps that, that we, we think he deserves. Yeah. Oh, that could, that could be, a, I, I didn't catch the, uh, the missed block that you did, but it was good to see him back there on kickoffs. And I know that's something that we've been harping on a little bit with the, uh, with Dallas. So now next week, we'll see if they could actually give us a decent angle so we could see like, does he have any holes to go through? Right. Is he, is he making some good choices? Like the angle they gave was ridiculous. It was literally <laughs> like, right. It was like Joe Montana football, but you know, right directly over him with no scope of like the actual fields. Like, that's useless. Abs- I there's an absolutely useless angle. Thank you for give- choosing that one, Mr. Producer. So, do you anyway, remember next- playing Joe Montana football for the first time and getting like the voice of the announcer? Oh my gosh, that blew my yeah. mind. It was insane. That that and then that was like a number the you know moments in like Sega Genesis history of like a video game blowing your mind. That was amazing. And then when the first Madden came out, I remember like going to halftime in the game I'm playing and I was playing like a little, whatever the seasons you're allowed to play. And they start showing you highlights of other games at halftime. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And then you, the game ends and they're showing you like, they, they like, they, they whisk you off to like Chicago, Cincinnati for like a, a game winning field goal to show the end of the game. Like this game is showing me the, a highlight from a different game <laughs> in a simulated season. I, I thought I was in the matrix before I even knew what the matrix was. So yeah, little Joe Montana love some, some, you know, a John Madden love. Man, the uh, the '90s were fun. Yeah, the kids these days they they don't know what they had to endure. I mean, back with Tech Mobile and uh, you know just playing with Bo Jackson and running around the field to what we have now, it's uh, just, we've come a long way. Yeah, it has come a long way. But I'm grateful for it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, man, it, you got me smiling. I got I'm in all the fields at this point. So all right, we're gonna hit the thingy. Let's get to from the flock and let's wrap up this uh, this beautiful little this beautiful little segment. Even though we're three and eight. If you want to become a member of the flock, you can go to patreon.com forward slash flock. 
You can be a part of our Discord channel where we talk throughout the game. We have a channel specifically for three of the ins, three of the outs, actually more of that, but it is the three in, three out channel. You can put as many as you want in there, and uh, we're going to go through those as part of our segment here to close the show. Yes, yes, yes. It's always, it's always a blast to kind of hang out with people, so I will always say for the for the little bit of money to fork it over, do it, get in the flock, even though we're three and eight, maybe it's like, it's like, Hey, we are three and eight. What better time to be around, be around some support mechanisms, right? At three and eight to join the flock. So I encourage you all to, to dig deep. Brandon and it's and not Adam all and negative. Lo- you know, we've got, some, no, we, we, we get fired up and, uh, and still cheer on our team and, and think positively about certain outcomes. But, uh, you know, there's some realism there too. It's, it's a it's a mixture of people doing their fandom in all different ways. And as long as you're accepting of of people who, you know, do things differently, you know, some people tend to stay positive. Some people go to dark places <laughs> and we try to, you know, give them hugs throughout the game. Uh, you know, then, uh, yeah, it's just that's it's it's a, a bunch of a, a diverse group of people. Yeah. And, and all, all fanatics, right. Which is, which is what it's all about. It's all at the end of the day, we're here to cheer, have some fun, support the team and, and get some joy out of it. So well, I got a, a trifecta to start things off. We got car, car on the discord. I'll rattle through them quickly in starting the game with a three and out on defense, even without Trey Brown car, car says in Russ is back with a touchdown to Everett. Talked about that touchdown. That was, that's a beauty. That was a dime, gorgeous pass. And then the final in from Car Car early, the second interception of the season for Jamal. So Car Car came out on fire. Three ins for three and three out. Frost with the out penalty on a play from two minutes ago. We're sure there was a holding somewhere. Officials give Washington football team a chance at a score at the end of the first half. Yeah, that was that the play where it was done, and oh, yeah. they just drop a flag and. Uh, was, that, was, that was the that was a third and nine play where yeah that was third and nine. Well, they called Ugo, shot, Ugo got the call called, on it, but they he, called Ugo Amadi on a hold and they go back and watch it and there's there's nothing there. They get like in, they get tangled, you know, a couple of yards deep. The dude, you know, whoever it is it, it maybe Logan Thomas or something, and he does not hold them. It's just it's it's just garbage, garbage. But yeah. Super late flag, and then here we go. They're, they're marching down the field again. So frustrating, man. All right. Design uh, Pete's Beach House, Amy in the Discord. Out. Russ never learning to do the things differently, no matter how many times it doesn't work. Working once doesn't mean it's a smart way to play. So but we'll talk a little bit more about, about Amy's takes later, but she was she was on the, the frustrated side of, of Russ for sure. Wait, when did, oh, this is not from the Discord. I was going to say Eggmar Jackson. I would have recognized that name from the Discord. Eggmar Jackson on Twitter. Out to at Clinton Bond, getting demolished at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. One person we didn't talk a lot about, and I think with good reason, LJ Collier didn't really, I mean, he had like one, I saw like one decent quarterback rush. I know he's going up against a really premier left tackle there. Boy, oh boy. He was getting washed a lot. Yeah. LJ Collier did not look good in the run game. Um, it's probably the last couple of times we're going to see, see him on the field for Seattle, unfortunately. We did have Nils and here to now out in Twitter. He goes, I got two outs. He wishes for two outs out for Wilson until his, he wants he wants Wilson out until his mindset gets right. And he says out for Pete until forever. Uh, he stayed awake 
Nil stayed awake till 5 p.m. in Germany. I think he maybe met 5 a.m. But either way, um, he says this, <laughs> this freaking sucks. Yeah, by, by yeah that he was point, tired. After yeah, watching, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he says this catfishing sucks. I got, I got you, Nils. Yes, uh, good to see Nils back in via Twitter. Uh, Derek coming in via Twitter as well, at Derek W0. At this point, it's just a reaffirmation that there are many old lingering issues that were never appropriately addressed on the O-line. And until they fix that and many other things, this is just a listing ship about to capsize. I had to look up what listing meant in terms of like a ship. Leaning. Um, Leaning. Yeah. Well, now, now, now I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I looked it up. I was, I was very curious. I said, what, is, what does that mean? I kind of could, I could, I could infer what it meant. I, yeah. I, you know, I knew it wasn't like, oh, that's a smooth sailing ship. But now I have a new term. It was very listing. Um, and yeah, Derek, uh, you're right. 100%, 100% correct that uh, we've covered things up for many years and uh, not this year. Just didn't, did not work out that way. Bailey's been working out all year on Twitter. Bailey Liborn at Bailey Liborn. She goes out, third down offense. That's the out. Simple. So yeah, Bailey, it's been a problem all year. Um, the one thing I will say is when we were in First half, early, manageable, third third and twos, third and ones, for the most part, we were converting on them. We get back into the third and sevens, third and eights, and yeah, lo and behold, it gets harder. That, that, that it ain't rocket surgery, right? I do want to go back, though, to one thing that Nil said, and out, uh, if he's talking about Wilson sitting out until his mindset is right, if benching Wilson and putting in your backup quarterback is if if that's going to do anything to improve his mindset, I, I feel like that would be detrimental. All that's going to do is is ensure that Russ does not play here next season, right? Yes. If we bench and, and and hey, I'm not saying that's a real. I'm not saying you 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 act scared if you're the coach and you think that's the that's the thing to do. Well, then you're the head coach. You know, that's that's your call. Um, but I could almost guarantee you that if he was benched for Geno, that he doesn't play. You know, he does not play for the Seattle Seahawks. Russ has no chance of playing for Seattle next year. And by the way, we talked about the, the locker room thing earlier. When they cut to the sideline and DK Metcalf is actively venting to Geno Smith on the sideline. Brandon, that's not good, man. I, you know, we don't know what they were talking about. So we know exactly <laughs> what, they, what were they talking about. So, so the, DK is saying, the, man, Geno, if you were in this game, you would be getting me the ball right now, right? Listen, they're not talking about a $5 Chalupa box. I'll tell you that much. They're talking about the game and he's and he's having an airing of grievances. So you think with, that with, DK thinks that Geno Smith is the better quarterback for the Seahawks team? I think DK thinks. And by the way, let's go back to the let's let's go to the the evidence. The the that high point touchdown that DK caught when Geno was the quarterback. What did what did DK say? On the podium. Do you remember his, yeah. his words? Uh, you said he was excited that, that he said that was the first time I got one like that. Right. Which, by the way, I, I was like, I don't think so. I've seen, you know, you're, I, you're I, I high, remember you saying that. And yeah. Highly targeted in the end zone. Maybe that, that, not that exact play, but highly targeted in the red zone, the green zone, the 10 yards and in. I, I don't feel that way, but but the dude feels that way. Um, that's a problem going forward, man. So I, 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 hear, I hear you calling out Nils, but I also think... There's some issues, man. There's oh, there, some things we gotta yeah, we gotta work through. There's some things to work through. If if DK does believe that Geno Smith is better than Russell Wilson, uh, then that's a problem. 
<laughs> that's a problem. And it because, may be a because there's may, uh, yeah. you know 99% of people out there that would disagree with that. Yes, and they would all be correct. Me- meaning, you know, we, we don't have to go there. But I think what DK's feeling in the moment is, hey, when you're in, I the ball is thrown my way. Yeah, and they they could throw us. Although, uh, you know, DK does not dictate the coverage that defenses give him either. So true fact. Michael Ball says uh, hashtag he uses the hashtag three I three O Russ missing wide open receivers on third down because it looks like he has the case of the and I think this is yips maybe I shouldn't say it because you know using the uh, the coded language here with the hashtag and the star symbol yeah it's not a word that if you're if you're Michael strikes me as a golfer you don't want to you don't want to even type that word <laughs> right. out right right you don't want to you don't want to jinx yourself by saying the, the y word the yips <laughs> There was that one freeze frame going back to Metcalf where they try Metcalf down the left-hand side deep. He's 100% covered. Ball should not be thrown to him. And I don't know who it was, but there's a Seahawk. It might be Swain. It was it, Swain. I don't think it was yeah. Lock. It was Swain. He is about you know 15 yards, 17 yards downfield, dead center of the field. Nobody, Nobody. around him. Nobody and around this, him. And the other, the other safety is turned to his back, sprinting. Back, back to the ball. Yeah. Nobody around him. Well, why and cover Russ, Swain? They don't throw to the middle of the field. Why? Why would yeah. you even bother covering those guys? Yeah, it's just it's like the, the the players get like a cloak on them when they go there, and it's it's bad news bears. So, all right, Chris Boucher, one of the the funnest name to say. He's in the uh, the Seahawkers Pod Ring of Honor out on Facebook. Hashtag three i three o in somebody other than DJ Dallas returning a kickoff. Thank you. That was an honorable mention. I love me some D. Eskridge. I want to see more of it. Hong Kong Hawk with an N says, I've been a Seahawks fan for 44 years. Believe me, it's brought far more pain than joy. So a year like this just reminds me how joyous and special it was to experience something that 39% of other NFL fan bases have not. Goes on to the out, says tonight we have confirmed it's not Russ. He did what he does. He's always given us a chance. Big pig out for Pete and his vanilla predictable play calling that even the announcers were continuously trolling. This is where I'm like, I don't know about that. And by the way, right after that design Pete's beach house, Amy, this is what I was saying before. Like she was, she was getting a little like, you know, on the, I think this is Russ's fault train a bit. And she says, could not disagree more. Russ is as much of the problem as everyone else. That misconversion was all on him. DK was open and you go back and you watch he, Russ is locked into the center, center of the field and DK is like beating his dude to the right something he could have floated out there and yeah, who knows maybe maybe it's an over, overtime victory so you know we got there's there's some you know hey there's there's tension in the Seahawks locker room there is some tension in the discord it's all, all in good fun and, and good debate but you could see these lines being drawn of who's at fault in, in the fact that we're you know, we're, we're careening into a season that might land us like the 35th, the 35th pick overall. Yeah, it's uh, when when things are going this wrong, you can point a finger just about anywhere and and be correct. So, yeah, the the question will be is if the team is also doing this, then can they can they look at it and say, OK, you're a little bit right. I, I might be needing to do th- some things better. You know, can can they all come together based on this or does it tear them apart? 
it's going to be a very interesting, at the very least, a very interesting end to the season because we still have not seen the team give up. The you know the team as a whole saw some big hits. Been, we saw some souls taken by the defense. Yes, yes, we sure we sure and and we saw, we saw uh, that, the drive by Russ yeah. at the end. I mean that last drive, man. I, I had all the feels back instantly. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we can win this. We can it. win this, Russ. And, get it on your birthday. <laughs> and it's just like if he does it, then it's just momentum into a game burst. I mean, it doesn't go that way, but in that yeah. moment, I was like. We're gonna we're gonna win this game, aren't we? Like I said, I was right. I said tease me once, and I, boy, oh boy, I sure did get teased. All right, we got a few more to cut through. You take Jose. All right, says I'm giving an out to the Russian game in general. Teams do not believe our Russian game is good enough, and are focusing on receivers. Something needs to be adjusted, and this is absolutely true. They can double DK the entire game. And they they don't have to pay for it on the ground because there is nobody that is beating them. And that has to do with the, the running backs. It has to do with the offensive line. Russell Wilson on two carries should not be your leading rusher. And <laughs> a, a part of it goes Sheesh. to play calling, too. They, they don't have to respect the jet sweep if you're never going to give it to the guy. And it, so, yeah, and, and they, all they had to do was bottle up the middle. Yeah, and I and I I I do. If I'm placing blame somewhere, there was very to no push from the offensive line. Like we we did not move the the, the Washington football team's line at all. Like offensive defense, no push, no holes were generated. I do think Collins is still dinged. He's not he's not quite as quick as he was to begin the year. We talked about DJ Dallas just being just a regular guy back there. Um, like you know, it's it's with Fuller. If this is not this is not a powerful offensive line, and it showed out. So it just is what it is. We we've got it's it's gonna stink that we're gonna go into this next offseason being like, boy oh boy, we really gotta fix our offensive line because that that sure feels like deja vu all over again. And because it is, right, we got Flocktimus Prime Keith Cat over himself saying out to John and Pete for not putting in a claim for Philip Lindsay. It's mismanagement to not bring in a healthy running back who has upside. When you are down to your third string backs. Now, again, today we sign AP. And if you said to me, who would you rather have, Philip Lindsay or AP? I'm telling you right now, I'd rather have Philip Lindsay because at least he brings a special skill set. It pained me, Brandon, pained me because I knew it was coming to see JD McKissick tear us up, get two touchdowns, and, and be that amazing third down carrier for the Washington football team. I'm sitting there going, we cut that guy. Yeah. <laughs> we let that guy walk. Um, and now Flactimus is calling about, you know, bringing in a, a dude who's kind of similar, like Philip Lindsay and McKissick. There's some, some kind of you know, similarities there. It, uh, yeah, they were just saving room on the roster for Adrian Peterson at the end of his career. And uh, <laughs> Sad state, sad I, state. You know, what's he going to do for you? I, I had that's it's a little bit strange that you don't there's so many guys. One of the things that stood out, you know, when we were watching XFL, uh, when oh, that was I, still I know, a thing. I know where you're going. I, let's yeah, talk about it. Well, how many running backs did you look at? Because so many quarterbacks in the NFL were not good. But you saw these running backs where you went, oh, this guy's got a little bit of a spark to him. Why is this guy, you know, not getting a chance in the NFL? 
there's so many running backs out there. And you see with the 49ers every year, they find guys in whether it's the third round or the sixth round or undrafted, you know, and part of that is dependent on scheme, too. But they they find the guys that can that they can plug right in. And why would you bring in a guy if we're going to bring back a guy, bring back Marshawn, bring well, back you know, Robert and- Turbin. Well, there, 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 there you go. You, you got, so you mentioned XFL. If you remember, um, I'm not even XFL, uh, the FCF, yeah. um, where, where you and I are, are owners of football teams. Right. Cause we're, we're, we're big, we're, we're big we're stars. team owners. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're just, we're just team owners. Like you know, don't, don't treat us any different. We're just team owners and it's truthful. Um, but you know, Turbo went and played. He went and actually went back and played in the FCF at the end, end of the FCF season. So I thought you were going there first, but your point is so salient and I think I'm using that in the right way um, in the sense that it is such a position where you see it like, oh, this guy was this guy was delivering for UPS. This guy was bagging groceries and they come in and they're studs. You know, you've got scouts and you have teams out there that, that there are lists of dudes where you're like, these guys are good. They never got their shot. And of all the positions in football, running back is that Sunday lottery scratcher ticket. Like you could go buy that that two dollar scratcher and and get that fifty thousand dollar you know win for life prize with running back it ain't gonna happen with quarterback it just it just doesn't happen but running back you're totally right buy some friggin' Sunday scratchers rub rub those things down and see if you hit something because you might strike that lightning in a bottle with a guy like that it's a really great point so to be like yeah and then by the way that might be Josh Johnson a dude on your practice squad. So to bring in AP in a in a season where we're, we're done, like it makes zero sense. I want the scrap heap guy just to see if we could freaking get something going. That's a great point, Brent. You can't tell me that there's not a practice squatter out there on another team that you can sign and and have him come in and carry the football. It's just yeah, hundred percent. Adrian Peterson's 100%. not the future. Yeah, we don't we don't need AP. We we just we just need some. Just bring, bring in, bring in the dudes, man. Bring in some replacements. See what they can do, man. You, you got me fired up, and I, I hope we, I hope we do get to see that before this year's over. Let's close this out with B Wags biceps. Closing it with an in, and this goes for just about everybody listening. An in for at least I'm not a bandwagon fan anymore. I love it. I love the I love the uh, sentiments. And you and I are only a year apart in age, um, so we've been through the lean years, the very the two and fourteens. We've been through the the Kelly oh, Stoppers. I, and- I have not been through that because I was a bandwagon cowboy fan during those years. Oh my gosh! Wait, what? This is you were you were a cowboy fan? I I was on the Emmett Smith bandwagon in the wow in, in those Super Bowl years. Yeah, wowzers! Have, I, thinking- have I not told you? The story of my dad telling me like uh, Emmett Smith rookie card going, mm, you should put these Emmett Smith rookie cards away because this guy's going to be good. And so I did. And it turned me into a Cowboys fan as I was rooting for my Emmett Smith card collection, which I still have uh, not Very too nice. far within almost two arms length distances right here. Uh, it is not worth a fortune, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, those, 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 those nice pro sets. I know, I know the exact pro set, yes, the dark blue the, the top. I know, I know that card. I've, I've got about 15 of those. And, I know uh, they're, they're, they're worth something. They're, they're still nice maybe cards. Maybe it's five, three to five dollars a piece. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got <laughs> like everything else nowadays. You got, you got to get them graded. <laughs> I did not know that about you. I knew that uh, Adam 
was a Bills fan for yeah. for a while, and I know I know about the the Dolphins hate, you know, back as being a Bills fan. But I did not know that you grew up as a Cowboys fan. No, no, so I, here, did, here, I grew up as a Seahawks fan. Oh, then converted to a Cowboys fan and because then they were during good. those lean years after after Dave Craig went away, after Largent retired. Then, uh, yeah, no, I was I was all in with the Seahawks uh, before then. Yeah. Gotcha. So I, I have some regrets now because I didn't, I just never, I was a Seahawks fan since the, the Largent and, you know, uh, Kurt, Kurt Warner days, our Kurt Warner, uh, and the Chris yeah, the Warren days Warner, and yeah. everything else. And um, now, I, John L. See, Williams. Well, see, okay. The Chris Warren era overlapped with Emmett Smith. Those were my sure. two, my two biggest card collections were of running backs. And it was my Emmett Smith collection and my Chris Warren collection. Nice. I had I to to go a little bit deeper down that amazing '90s uh, rabbit hole. I had a lot of those Christian Okoye, the score Christian yes. Okoye cards. I I mean, who didn't love the Nigeria Nightmare? That guy was amazing. But as as we're reflecting back on all this this time, it's it's you know you have to remember too. There's a whole nother generation that has never known the Seahawks to be bad. No. So maybe maybe they're going back to the Hasselback era a little bit. That was still a really, really good squad. Then there was a little bit of a, a, a dimple, little depression, the Jim Mora year, and then they were pretty much good again. And then they were great. So if it's the if it's the dude who's thirty two years old now or something like that, they don't know what it's like to have to have a lean year. So you know, buckle up, Buckaroo. But now it's like, how quickly can we turn this thing? And what are the maneuvers to start that momentum this year? You know, because it it could still go. It could still go one of two ways. It could be like things landed okay and there's a light at the end of the tunnel, or it could be like, nope, the dynamite was set off. We're in the tunnel. There's no escape. And and we've we've literally have got to like this era is now crushed. That's a very real possibility, not one I'm willing to accept or even recognize yet. But I but I suppose I uh suppose I said what I said. Yes, it's a fascinating time to be a fan and uh, what a ride we're in for. We are in for it all. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.